If you're a pastor, elder, deacon, nonprofit board member, or business owner, I need you to listen to this. K&K Furnishings needs to be on your shortlist. K&K Furnishings are committed to helping you find the right furnishings for your church or organization. These guys specialize in quality worship seating, welcome centers, cafes, nurseries, classrooms, as well as stage and podium furnishings. The two owners have over 70 years of combined pastoral experience, so not only will every transaction be handled with integrity and professionalism, but they have the experience to provide you with the perfect solutions for your furniture needs, and they absolutely understand your budget constraints and demands. K&K Furnishings are devoted to providing you quality pieces that save you money. They can do this because they don't have the overhead of a brick and mortar store and they have relationships with over 200 manufacturers nationwide. Look, we all know there's a lot of junk out there. K&K understands that many times bargains aren't true money savers. They end up costing you more in the long run. At K&K, they believe that quality furnishings don't have to be outrageously expensive. And here's the best part. K&K Furnishings sells nationally and can also provide in-person consultations in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. If you can't meet in person, they'd be happy to set up a Zoom consultation for you today. So whatever your next project is, whether it's your home office or your church sanctuary, K&K Furnishings is the only place you need to look. Go to www.kkfurnishings.com to see how they can help you or call 567-318-4520. That's www.kkfurnishings.com or call 567-318-4520 or click on the link in the description of this episode. K&K Furnishings, furnishing business, education, worship, and hospitality for the glory of God. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I got to tell you about Jacob's Supply. Jacob's Supply is the place you got to go for all of your material needs. These guys bring you construction supplies and appliances for up to 50% off retail price, all brand new. Your home builder needs some lumber? Jacob's Supply has you covered. You a deacon at your church and you're in charge of that next Narthex floor job? Jacob's Supply has got you. Heck, they got Cortec Luxury Vinyl Plank right now for $3.59 a square foot. Go look that stuff up at Lowe's or Home Depot, man. That stuff is selling for $7 to $8 a square Square foot. That's over 50% off retail. Even if you just have some home projects you're working on, Jacob Supply is the place for you. I just built an outdoor grilling area this spring for that old smoker and grill. Guess where I got the metal roof, lumber, and screws? Yeah, that's right, Jacob Supply. Looking for a fridge, stove, washer, dryer? They got them all, and their name brand. Samsung, Bosch, Frigidaire, all 20, 30, 40% off retail. Brand new and ready for you. Located in Temperance, Michigan, it's worth it to stop by even if you're a few hours away. And remember, Jacob Supply can ship products nationally too. So even if you're out of state, you gotta check them out. Follow them on Facebook at Jacob Supply or call them direct at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978. 0978. Remember, Jacob Supply, quality building materials at wholesale prices. And now, on to the show. Hey, welcome back to another Dead Men Walking Short, where we take a Bible verse or subject and we talk about it for a few minutes and try to wrap it up for you within about five minutes or less. Today, we're going to talk about how the government always messes everything up. In 2011, a solar power company called Solyndra declared bankruptcy. A company going bankrupt is not news, but Solyndra was not just any company. Its biggest investor, air quotes, was the federal government, which had given it $500 million. And that was news. But really, it shouldn't have been. If history is any guide, it was quite predictable. The government is a very poor investor and always has been. There are countless examples, but I'm going to give you two that should serve our purpose here tonight on this short. 
After the Civil War, American leaders were anxious to bind the country's north, south, east, and west regions together with transcontinental railroads. Congress, therefore, gave massive federal aid to build the Union Pacific, the Central Pacific, and later the Northern Pacific Railroads. But all three of these roads had huge financial problems. The, the Union Pacific, for example, was mirrored in financial scandal from its inception, went bankrupt several times, and had to rebuild large sections of track thanks to shoddy construction practices. At the same time, a guy named James J. Hill, with no federal aid whatsoever, built a railroad from St. Paul to Seattle called the Great Northern. And how was Hill able to do this with private funds with what the Union Pacific failed to do with a gift of tens of millions of dollars from the federal government? Uh, The starting point is incentives. The Union Pacific was paid by the government for each mile of road built. It was in the railroad's interest not to build the road straight. The more miles it took the Union Pacific to cross Nebraska, for example, the more money it made. Hill, by contrast, used his own capital. To make a profit, he had to build his Great Northern Railroad sturdy and straight because he was invested with his own money. Hill's company remained in business for almost 100 years until like 1970 when it merged with other railroads. The original Union Pacific, riddled with corruption and numerous other financial misdeeds, including the wholesale bribery of like public officials and congressmen and stuff like that, they went broke within 10 years. The story of the airplane is even a better example. Uh, By the opening of the 20th century, the major nations of Europe and America were like frantically at work trying to invent a flying machine. The first nation to do so would have a huge military and commercial advantage. In fact, leading American politicians of the day argued that building an airplane was a national emergency. There was no time, they argued, to wait for private industry to get the job done. The government needed to pick the best aeronautics expert and give him the money he needed. Well, that expert was Samuel Langley, the president of a prestigious Smithsonian institution and holder of like honorary degrees from Harvard, Yale, Oxford, and Cambridge. Langley was already an accomplished inventor, and he had written a highly praised book called Experiments in Aerodynamics. Federal officials gave Langley funds for two trial flights. He immediately set to work. His theory was that his plane needed to be thrust into the air from a houseboat on the Potomac River. The big engine on the plane would then propel it through the air for like several minutes, he was hoping. When his first attempt failed and the plane splashed into the river, Langley was not deterred. But when his second flight did no better, Langley and the politicians just gave up. If Langley, with the full backing of the government, could not solve the problem, people simply assumed that it could not be solved. The New York Times wrote that the human flight might take a million years to accomplish. And uh, we know the track record of the New York Times. But to everyone's surprise, nine days later after Langley's failure, the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur, two bicycle mechanics from Dayton, Ohio, with $2,000 of their own money, conquered the air. On a beach at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, they flew the first plane. And within five years, they had constructed an aircraft suitable to sell the government for military defense. Langley's subsidized failure was similar to that of the Union Pacific, and the Wright brothers' success resembled that of James J. Hill and the Great Northern Railroad. Langley and the Union Pacific were using other people's money. 
They did not spend it as carefully as Hill and the Wright brothers spent their own money. As the San Francisco Chronicle concluded at the time, the destruction of Langley's machine should put an end to congressional appropriations of any kind in every field of experiments which property belongs to private enterprise. Uh, (laughs) They have not followed that advice, even though that is great advice. Here's the bottom line, guys. Economic growth comes from entrepreneurs risking their own money, not from politicians risking your money. And if we're believers and followers of Christ and you own a business or you are an entrepreneur, I implore you, use biblical principles, follow the laws and precepts of God, and do it all unto the glory of Him. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another Dead Men Walking Short. As always, God bless. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.